This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hi, y'all, and welcome to Horsin' Around. Saddle up and get ready to have a darn tootin', gallopin' good time as we trot out the show that's your ultimate horse source, of course. Find out how to use good old horse sense when it comes to breeding, feeding, training, and explaining. From practical tips on caring for your horse's health to advice on how to buy horse supplies, including bridles, halters, saddles, and more. So get ready to start horsing around with your host, horse expert and award-winning rider, Audrey Pavia. Howdy, Audrey. Welcome to Horsing Around on PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for joining us. This week, we're going to talk to the woman who started Heavenly Horse Haven, a horse rescue located in Anza, California. Her name is Gina Perrin, and she's going to tell us how she started a horse rescue and why her services are so desperately needed right now. We'll talk to Gina right after these messages. Why the long face? I reckon Horsing Around will be back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsors. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com We know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail. So park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet. Welcome back to Horsing Around. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia, and we are here with Gina Parent, who runs Heavenly Horse Haven, a horse rescue in Anza, California, which is in eastern San Diego County. And... She's going to talk about the work of rescuing horses and why the need for organizations such as hers are so vital right now. Gina, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. First off, please tell us about Heavenly Horse Haven, which is a real tongue twister I'm discovering, (laughs) (laughs) and how it all got started. Well, it all got started, like, you know, a couple years ago, and I was actually real involved with an organization called Full Quest, and we were rescuing... uh, up to 700 horses a year for uh, the PMU horses out of Canada. And the organization fell apart because the uh, founder got really ill. And we had several horses that were sponsored and brought down to California that we hadn't placed yet. And we had nowhere to put them. So I started looking for land and found uh, this property out in Anza and brought the horses here and started working. They were, you know, some of the horses that were left were, you know, had problems. One had been stepped on and had a crooked leg, um, you know, different. A lot of them were uh, dropped horses, you know, very large, and, they, you know, they, we just had trouble adopting them out. So we brought them here, and that's how we started the ranch out here. Not soon after, we had the fires, you know, the big fires on that hit California, and started getting involved with rescuing a lot of the fire victims, which then we had llamas come and goats come and 
several other different uh, animals. And after that, the price of gas and people were losing their ranches out in Riverside County, you know, just at an alarming rate. And I started working with Humane Society and the Red Cross. And they would call me when they had horses and animals that had been abandoned from ranches out here and from people who had bad mortgages and just left. And usually before they'd leave their home, their electricity would get shut off. And without electricity, most people out here run off of a pump. So most of, you know, like the last few horses that we picked up didn't have water for five days, food for a week. Pretty much animal control would have put them down if we wouldn't have taken them. This is happening. You know, I get calls every day, emails every day, and usually the email just says help. And it's people, you know, calling and saying, can you help me? I'm losing my home and I can't feed my animals. I, you know, I, they don't know what to do with them. And really animal control is so bombarded with these animals right now that they don't know what to do with them. So we take in the animals that we can, and usually we try to get sponsors for the animals before they come, but if, if not, we, you know, reach deep into our pockets and get get them here and, you know, go from that. The last uh, few animals that we had come in were clearly abused for many years with, you know, well, this last one, Gringo, for instance, you can see on the website, his feet hadn't been attended to for probably three years. He had a club foot, and at this point, he, the bone in that leg is about ready to come out the bottom of his of his shoe. His other foot was about four inches long, so he was stepping on a four-inch heel and a heel on the other side. He we just found out yesterday he has a bone infection, but the will to live in this horse is incredible. Uh, he, Everybody that comes, the vet who has donated her time and the farriers who has donated his time, they look at me like, okay, Gina, this horse needs to be put down. But after they work with him for about 20 minutes, they all say, you know what, we're going to make him better because he has an incredible will to live. So that's pretty much uh, the story of what's been happening you know, with us here. How many animals do you have at the rescue right now? Well, right now we have about 21 horses. Uh, we have a 1,200-pound pig named Rudy, which is a has his own story of his own. He was found in the street corner of Hollywood when he was baby for an animal control. Took him to a another animal rescue organization where he got so large he grew out of his facility that he was in, and they were trying to place him, and, and meanwhile he'd been boiled and, and taught tricks and all kinds of things from the volunteers at that animal rescue, and they knew wherever he was going to go that he was probably going to end up being slaughtered. So mm-hmm. he's here. Um, we, you know, we have the, so we have the pig. We have a couple of llamas that came from the fires that were, were really in bad shape when they came. We have three goats that came from the fires that when they started, they were nine, and six were burned, and three ended up here. So they're here. There's various chickens, and I also do some wildlife rescue. People seem to drop things in front of the gate all the time, like, you know, little ravens and, you know, baby coyotes and baby this and baby that. And usually, you know, we have a, I have a quite a great crew of, of um, helpers here that we try to get them back to health and release them back into the wild. 
Sounds like you got a lot going on there. <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, there's uh, right now we have a baby peacock that came from rescue. We have a baby duck that came from rescue. We have oh, some wow. little baby possums that came from rescue. There's 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 probably fifty something animals here right now. Wow! Uh, so how much land do you have? Something. There's uh, five acres, and the property itself is from 1874, so it's pretty neat property. It's the barn is uh, historical. And it looks like if the wind blows too hard, it's going to fall down. But it's been here since 1874. It's just a real unique, real peaceful on the edge of the mountain. Um, the animals seem to come and just uh, relax. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real peaceful they, feeling here. Well, they know they're in a safe place, sounds like. You know, that is it. Like if any animal that I've rescued throughout my life, which I've been doing this my whole life, they, just like Ringo, um, they seem to know that you, you know that, that horse could barely even walk one step, and when we pulled up with the trailer, he was trying to go through the bob wire to get in the trailer, which I was shocked because the way his, his situation with his, his his hooves, we thought, how are we ever going to get in the trailer? And boy, he hobbled him, his way into that trailer so fast, we were shocked. <laughs> yeah, there's a video on your website that shows some of that. Yeah, and when he's, when you can see in the video when he took the first step in because his, his left um, hoof is so long from being neglected that he had, that he started to step in and that, that front, that left foot hit the center bar of the trailer and, oh my gosh, my heart went, just dropped because I thought, oh boy, how are we going to get him to back up because the hoof got stuck and oh, hobbled gee. back in. But boy, he leaned on his back legs and took one big hop in that trailer and off we went. <laughs> oh, and his back legs look very sore in that video, so that must have been tough Yes, for he's him. laying on all four. His, uh, because he has to use his back legs, he has to rock on his back to hop in his front. He is in pain on all four, but actually as of today, that, you know, that was about Three weeks ago, he's he is doing so much better. He's already gained about seventy five pounds. He's been attended by the vet and the farriers several times. Uh, he doesn't have that big long hoof anymore on the left side. The right side is the, is the problem from uh, long term laminitis. So pretty much the front of his hoof is is dead and it won't grow. But the just you know our wonderful farrier, uh, who is uh, Lauren Larson. Has volu- he's donating his time, and he's going to make a synthetic toe on a shoe so that it takes the pressure off his heel while the infection in his bone is healing, which I think is just really, really neat. <laughs> yeah, that's great. How many people do you have helping you there? Well, we have nine people on our board, and every single board member is as much of an animal lover as I am. Um, they're just great. Right now, we're all getting together because we're doing a, lar- a big fundraiser on June 28th called Cinderella, and it's a story of a story of one of the first horses we rescued that was brought to us, our attention, actually, but it was a little old lady in town, and she had Alzheimer's real bad, and probably four or five days ago, and she... Not you know, not that she didn't love her animals, but she would forget if she fought, fed the animals, and and the, this horse was almost dead from dehydration. And we brought her, and we have the whole story of her, you know, comeback to now she's doing gymkanas, and she, we're giving lessons to little children on her back, and she's just the sweetest thing. So we're doing a little play called Cinderella, and the animals are all going to be in costume, and it's all about the animals, and they're the 
the stars of the show, and it's really going to be cute. All the volunteers and board members, we've sewn outfits, and they're just great people. They work really hard at this. I mean, we pretty much work 24 hours a day on trying to get funds and and keeping it going because it's amazing the amount of calls I'm getting. And it's sad because I can't say yes to everybody. Uh, We, you know, like Cindy, Cinderella the horse is going to be adopted out. She's ready now, but, you know, we can't fix them and train them and get them ready and quick enough for the new ones to come, you know. Yeah, because um, that the housing situation here in California is it, so... You know, it's dark. housing, it's housing, it's the gas prices, the price of hay. I mean, really, what in the last year and a half, the, the price of hay went from $10 to 20 I have to say that, you know, people don't spay, they don't neuter, they don't fix their horses. They move to rural areas, I think, and they start breeding, and they just don't realize that, you know, we have so many rescue horses that... They need to be placed that really they shouldn't be breeding. And, and now what's happened is all these people are struggling feeding their animals. You know, just like everything else, the market, you know, the horse market, right now, people aren't buying them. And mm-hmm. so everyone's trying to give them away. And they should really watch when, they, when you're trying to give a horse away for free, where is that animal going, you know? Right. And we no longer have um, slaughter here, uh, which I think is a good thing. But I guess part of the problem with that is, People are not necessarily taking their horses to the auction like they used to, but just abandoning them. Is that true? Oh, they're abandoning them. Yes, they're just they're yeah. just leaving them. I mean, I think they're struggling putting food on the table for their families right now that mm-hmm. they, they can't at, you know, $20 a bell. The local vet told me this. He said, what, you know, he's never seen such starvation in, in, in his life, and he's an, an older veterinarian. And he said, you know, what they started doing is instead of feeding alfalfa, every week they turn to the cheaper hay, the Bermuda. And mm. instead of feeding, you know, the normal, you know, two, three flakes a day, they're feeding half the amount. And slowly, you know, we're just seeing more ribs and more bones and, you know, more vaccinations not being given and more farrier visits, you know, cut off. And it's just, it's, it's really a problem in the economy right now. Yeah. You have to wonder if this is going on around the country as well. Have you heard anything to that regard? Yes, uh, one of you know, a couple of the people that uh, with Full Quest we would uh, adopt the horses out. They would, they were literally we throughout the United States we had horses delivered, and and I still have contact with some of the head people that you know organized that state's you know adoptions. And there's an alarming rate. I mean, an alarming rate of of animals just being starved to death. Mm. And we're not just talking horses. We're talking these people that are losing their homes and have to move into apartments, they don't have a place for their dogs, their cats, their birds, their rabbits, all of the above. They had a few goats, say, you know, they don't have a place to put any of these animals. Well, Gina, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about how everyone out there can help these animals that are in need right now. So we'll be okay. right back. Why the long face? I reckon horsing around will be back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Molly, here's your dinner. <coughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. 
There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail. So park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet. Welcome back to Horsing Around. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia. We're here with Gina Perrins, who runs Heavenly Horse Haven, a horse rescue in Anza, California. And we're talking about horse rescue. Gina, what should people do to help out in this situation? I mean, aside from, you know, not contributing to the problem by abandoning their animals, and I doubt any of our listeners would dream of doing anything like that, but uh, what can people do to help? Well, the first thing I can think of is when people are thinking about getting a horse nowadays, that they should look into rescue animals first. There's so many out there and so many people trying to give them away, you know, but to me that's first, and really research the cost of owning an animal of that size. Research what vet bills could be. Research what feed bills are going to be. Research that down the road, you know, they live 30 years. And, you know, at, at what time in your life, can, you know, make sure you had 30 years that you're supposed to care for this animal. Um, you know, I think a lot of times people, you know, their kids, their, you know, their daughters or kids are, they grow up and they're, I want a horse, I want a horse. And they run out and they buy a horse. And then, you know, they get to be teenagers and, you know, they're not interested anymore. They have to think of it as long-term. You know, that's probably... And then, you know, if they have the money and they can help out, you know, go to these organizations and try to donate, you know, donate time, donate, you know, wood, old corrals, you know, old things that that organizations like us could use. Uh, We've been pretty lucky with people just to, you know, wood to build corrals and different things. Find a good home for your animal. Make sure it's a good home. Make sure that somebody's not, I always say, if somebody says, well, I, I, I'd love to adopt them, but can I wait till I get my income tax return? Usually I say, you know what, that's not the type of person we're looking for to adopt our animals because it takes more than your income tax return to keep an animal for 30 years. <laughs> right. So uh, if people are in a situation like a lot of the owners of animals that end up with you guys, what is there anything you can recommend so that, that they don't end up in dire straits? You know, call the local Red Cross, call your animal shelter, ask them, what can I do? Because this is the situation. Um, they can email us. What I do is I try to put those animals up on our website. Uh, you know, the Internet's a wonderful thing. You you put the picture on it. You put the story out there, and that's how uh, most of the, of the animals we have here have come. Now, we are at the point where we are taking the desperate, you know, the desperate, the ones. Really, I always seem to take the ones that nobody else wants because they think, you know, they can't become something later. And the biggest joy I have is turning these throwaways into uh, a horse that can, you know, do Jimcana or or please a family, or, or just be a nice, good trail horse, you know, that's that's my goal. But mm-hmm. at this point, I get calls all the time with people that just, you know, want to give the horse away. Well, I don't take them, I'm taking the horses that are really in the most desperate need. You know, I had to get to that point because we just have too many calls. 
I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I had a lady who called me with 16 thoroughbreds, uh-huh. and uh, they were a fire victim, and they've been moving around, and they're out of money. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. so there are 16 thoroughbreds that, that, that she can't feed. Yeah. So, basically, what we're saying is that people need to kind of plan ahead, like, see, what, see what's coming down the pike. Don't be in denial. Don't wait until the last possible minute when you realize, okay, I, I can't even afford to go out and buy a bale of hay. Try to anticipate yep. it and do something about it. Yep. Yeah, right? that's, I mean, that's really all they can do uh, is, is, you know, get, yeah, get help now. If, you're, if you know that you're going to lose your home due to these foreclosures. If you know it's going to happen and you have months, you, you start researching now. Don't wait till two weeks before you're leaving. Don't wait till the electricity gets shut off and, mm-hmm. and you can't. You don't have water in your property to get there. I mean, just try to get help. I, it, it's an epidemic. It, it's going to get worse. There's no doubt about it. We're in the middle of this crisis right now and really the animals are... There's going to be lots and lots of these animals. Every day I get calls, just different stories. People are losing their jobs. Um, mm-hmm. The job market has dropped. Uh, they have all these animals they can't feed. So when you get uh, horses that need um, help that, and you see that they, can, they have potential to become somebody's great horse, what kind of work do you do with them? Do you have a trainer there? Do you do the training yourself? I, you know, through the years, uh, you know, beginning of my life, I worked with uh, the woman in, in, in Palos Verdes named Glenna Blackmore, who, who uh, takes in wild animals. And I worked, I've been working with her for 21 years. Uh, and after working with wild animals and horses throughout my life, I've been to a million natural horsemanship training courses. And I sort of have my own process of working mostly with the animals that come that come from abuse. Uh, it's a different training method than normal, than, you know, just breaking a horse. Or It's all about them trusting you first. So, you know, first we gain their trust, and really it's they're spoiled and loved. And, you know, the only form of discipline that we ever use here is probably a change in our voice. It's a rule. <laughs> you know, I, I use natural horsemanship methods of my own. And, like, right now I have a 14-year-old, second-level dressage thoroughbred that came that uh, the owner broke both her legs, and she has six, she has how many, 16, 17 thoroughbreds, and she's on disability and can't feed. So I'm helping her try to place her horses, and when the horse came, I, I mean, this horse's mind is gone. Just, I mean, the first time I put her in my arena, she did her dressage routine with no rider on her back over and over again. Oh, she. She's uh, very fried, but it's taken me a while. You couldn't walk her. Every time you put any pressure on her, even walking her in a halter, she would rear up. The first time uh, I went to put a saddle on her, she reared all the way up and all the way back. But now it's been about, oh, a month, and I can walk her around the entire property. I can walk her by the 1,200-pound pig and the goats, and tractors can go by her, and all I've done so far is walk her. I walk her gently. We walk, and we stop and have a bite of grass. We, everything she does, I just, I'm trying to bring her back to be a horse again mm-hmm. before anybody you know, gets back yeah, on her back and you know, making sure she's safe. It's amazing. It's, a, it's an amazing turnaround on this horse. Uh, another story on the website is Savannah. It, it was a little horse that that went to a trainer that during training, the trainer realized that the horse wasn't, didn't see well. She's a John Lyons trainer, Cheryl Lynn. And the owners of the horse said, you know, have the vet out. Well, the vet said the horse has cataracts and would probably be blind. 
and the owners of the horse said, put her down. And the trainer said, you know, she said, oh, my God, this horse is too sweet, and I, she just didn't have the heart. She said, so let me, you know, let me work with it. Maybe we can place her. Well, that's where we came in, and we were able to, we met with Cheryl and fell in love with Savannah, and, you know, we put it on the website, and we found a sponsor, and the sponsor was willing to send her to a special eye specialist in San Diego, where we found out after probably $1,500 worth of eye appointments that she just has a night blindness disease, so she mm. can't see well at night, because she seems fine in the day. And what that same horse she? now, she's a little Appaloosa, and uh-huh. it's common. It commonly happens in Appies. But this little horse is, again, we have beginner riders get on her. We've been using her in the round pen with the 66-year-old ladies that come and have their first riding experience. She is the sweetest horse ever, and the sponsors are now going to adopt her. They love her. And we have lots of good stories like that. Um, mm-hmm. She would have been put down really, for no good reason. So we have a right. little nightlight in her corral, and she sees fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. What a waste that would have been, huh? Oh, total waste. I mean, she's yeah. a little registered happy and absolutely the sweetest thing ever. I wanted to ask you if you could give people some advice uh, if they're thinking of adopting a rescued horse, either from you guys or from a rescue, because our listeners are all over the country. Well, what do you recommend? You know, don't just go one day and and see a horse, and for, I, what I see a lot of is a lot of times people will see a horse and fall in love with the beauty. Don't go after the beauty, and don't go after the registered paper. You know, spend time. Go and, and see the horse. See it several times. There's there's a lot of uh, bad things in horse sales that happen, I think, you know, that, you know, sometimes people drug horses, and, you know, you should always, you know, show up unexpectedly, I say, you know, and say to see the horse, you know, spend a lot of time going, seeing the horse, riding horse. You know, in our case, we, we actually give lessons on our training methods and what we do and how we ride so they understand where the horse is coming from before they take them. I mean, they can go to another trainer that's going to teach something else, but at least they know how we've trained and how, you know, our general method Spend time. Don't just go on a whim and say, I want to get a horse and just go out and get one. And don't just get one because it's pretty. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. And how do you go about picking a a good rescue? I would say, you know, clean. If it's clean, you know, your water buckets are clean. And, uh, you know, the horses look bright-eyed and and happy and calm. Uh, You know, you don't want to go to a place where it's hectic everywhere. Um, you know, that's a hard question. Um, I think you want to go and be able to walk up to an animal or have it walk up to you and not run away. Just see, you know, a happy looking animal. Um, I think there's a lot of rescue organizations that start and they call themselves a rescue and I, and they get overwhelmed and, and the feed costs and everything happened to them. And pretty soon we're rescuing animals from a rescue organization. So, you know, kind of, I guess if you don't research, ask people in town, find, you know, we're fairly new, even though I've, I've, I've been actually rescuing animals forever and I have a few, lots of articles and that have been written on it, but uh, I think that anybody that would drive up here would only see happiness right. in all the animals. You know, they, there's not an, a, a horse that they wouldn't walk by that's not going to walk up and ask you why you're not carrying a carrot. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> right. Right. And I I know um, I visited Red Wings uh, Sanctuary up in Lockwood, California about a year ago. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, they have some abuse cases there that it takes a few minutes of trying to get them to come over to you with the carrot. Um, Do you find that as well, that, you know, some of them are just too scared at the beginning? Yes. Oh, yes. We still have one. We still have one here. We have one that came. His name's Ace. And and, now he's pretty, he'll come, but yeah, he has a very abusive background. We have a few that have some, I mean, you can see the abuse. Uh, mm-hmm. It's healed, but you can see definitely the abuse on them, uh, you know, chains on the nose and, you know, one literally has a cracked nose from the, from a chain. Um, uh, and it, it took a while, but it doesn't take these animals that long to understand love. <laughs> mm-hmm. It really doesn't. Uh, as long, you know, when they first come, as long as they're not asked to be, you know, instantly to be worked, that they're taught that they're being loved and, tr- and, and trusting that, you know, it, it, when that, once that happens, it's a huge, huge turnaround. Well, the work you're doing is really great, and I want to let everybody know the address of your website so people can go on there and check you guys out. I know you need help okay. right now. So, yeah, um, we always need help with things like, you know, Ringo's vet bills. Um, his vet bills are going to be never-ending. But I think the ending story, I mean, I can't wait for the six months to go by and, and, and put Ringo's picture and story back up in six months of where he's where he's going to be then, you know. Right, um, and that's where the rewards the come from. Yep. Yeah, those are your rewards, I think, when you see Oh, that. yes, it definitely, definitely is our rewards. The <laughs> website is heavenlyhorsehaven.org, and if anyone would like to contact me by phone, my number is 951-551-3561. Um, okay. We're working hard on the website, trying to update uh, it almost daily, but it's really hard with... With all the animals we have right here, we're so busy, but uh, we are having our little um, play, A Cinderella Story, on June 28th, and uh, the volunteers here have done just a fantastic job with costumes and music. We have bands Mm -hmm. that have donated their time. It's going to be really fun, and it's showing all of our rescue animals, you know, in their own little Cinderella story. Okay. So our listeners who are in Southern California should go on your website to check that out. And again, it was... It was heavenlyhorsehaven.org, and we will have links on the uh, show notes page to go with this um, interview, and people can learn more about the organization and click on some of those links and learn even more. So, Gina, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and keep up the great work at Heavenly Horse Haven, and I wish you the best of luck. And listeners, if you have any questions or comments about horsing around, please email me at audrey at petliferadio.com. Until then, happy trails. Stop what you're doing and start horsing around. Every week on Pet Life Radio, horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tootin' gallopin' good time. Every week on Horsin' Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. 